You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're going to take a look at the June-July issue of The Lutheran Witness today. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Dean Ashley Taylor. He's pastor of Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church in the Bronx, New York, and author of Making Disciples for Life in the Lutheran Witness June-July issue this summer. Dr. Taylor, thanks for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you again. And welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Yeah. We had so much fun last time you were on. We were we were actually in studio, in person, <laughs> and face to face, and we've forgotten what that feels like to actually be in the studio with real people. So, <laughs> thanks for for coming on. We didn't scare you away after the last interview. <laughs> it is good to be back. <laughs> you you shared a uh, a great article in the June July issue of the Lutheran Witness, taking a look at the making disciples for life uh, emphasis. This is our triennial emphasis um, that was shared at the last LCMS synodical convention, and uh, you, you've taken a look at that. And you know we were just about knee deep in learning about what making disciples for life means. Uh, this triennial emphasis, uh, and then all of a sudden a pandemic hit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which kind of makes it challenging to carry on what we had already started, but there perhaps are maybe some good things that have come out of this as well. But let's start with what is Making Disciples for Life? Making Disciples for Life, as you have indicated, is our triennial emphasis in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And uh, it has certainly been on on my mind, not only as a member of Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, but also as one who had been recently appointed by uh, President Harrison uh, to the Board for National Mission. And the Board for National Mission obviously would be uh, very much involved with uh, the trial emphasis, making disciples for life. As, as I uh, see that, making disciples for life is not only about people remaining Christians throughout their lives, but also about making disciplined followers of Christ for the living of life. So our desire is not simply to uh, uh, say that we have received X amount of new members of a congregation, but is that we're looking for people to remain disciples by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit working through word and sacrament so that they are able to navigate the living of life and to do so as disciples of Jesus Christ. And so uh, making disciples for life um, is uh, not just saying that it's throughout their lifetime, but making those who are students and followers of Jesus by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit working through word and sacrament so that they are able to live life and to live life in a way that gives glory and praise to Jesus Christ. How is that affected, or maybe it's not affected, uh, when we are kind of consumed by this uh, global pandemic that we're all experiencing together? 
Well, and that's a, it's, it's an interesting uh, approach when we consider that uh, we are uh, living in a global pandemic and the pandemic that could be described is of as sin. I mean, sin has affected all of us. Uh, we live as fallen creatures in a fallen world. And that's why appropriately the theme making disciples for life is apropos. I think the current uh, global pandemic of the novel coronavirus and uh, COVID-19 has highlighted a number of the implications of the theme Making Disciples for Life, many of which have remained uh, the same even before COVID-19 was part of our regular vocabulary. But the uh, situation with respect to this novel coronavirus has um, given us a unique opportunity uh, to not only explore those nuances and explore those possibilities, but to live them in renewed ways uh, for the purpose of making disciples for life all over the world. So what does that look like? I mean, when a pandemic hits, that can impact us. It, one, it can impact our routines, but for some, it, it certainly impacted their health or the health of their loved ones, health of, of uh, people in their own communities, and likewise, income for many people as well. For, you know, many people have been out of work since the pandemic hit as well because of all the stay-at-home orders in order to stay safe. Uh, how do we, and congregations not being able to meet in person as well, how do we carry on making disciples for life with all of these changes, um, some that seem um, devastating, I'm sure, to many? How do we carry on making disciples for life in the midst of that? I, I think one of the beautiful things about making disciples for life uh, is that it is it is the power and, and grace of the Holy Spirit working through word and sacrament as that same Holy Spirit has done throughout the ages. Uh, we have the, the beautiful benefit of having uh, the history of the Lord's people throughout the ages that has shown us how again and again the Lord has changed routines, how loved ones have been affected how economics have been in play, and how even sometimes God's children have not been able to gather uh, in the temple, have not been able to gather as they typically had been because of times of persecution of one shape or form. Having a chance to understand that within the context of the theology of the cross, for instance, shows us that in that uh, time of challenge, we are directed to the one who bore our griefs, who carried our sorrows, and by whose wounds we are made whole and healed, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His death on the cross for us, his rising from the dead for us, his ascending to glory, his promise to return, uh, heals broken hearts, binds up wounds, and shows us that in the very midst of life, as snares of death surround us, uh, and as our foe confounds us, uh, it is only the Lord, only the Lord, uh, who will guide us uh, through the changes of our routines, only the Lord who can comfort us as our loved ones are ill and suffering. 
uh, only the Lord uh, uh, can provide for us according to his riches and mercy. As even our jobs might be taken from us, as, as furloughs might be enacted, as whole businesses might uh, shut down, it is the Lord who promises that he's going to provide everything that we need. And it is he who continues to meet us uh, through uh, his holy word, a word uh, that obviously uh, the Lord's uh, children are able to hear in so many different formats, uh, thanks be to God, uh, in, in our uh, current world. And that word uh, sustains the weary, as the prophet uh, Isaiah reminds us. And so uh, this uh, notion of uh, the global pandemic related to the novel coronavirus does have an effect on on us. And yet we uh, can also give thanks that we're not the first to have lived through these challenges. Some of the specifics might be new, but the challenges themselves are not insurmountable uh, because nothing is impossible with God. And, and thanks be to God, he continues to carry us, he continues to lead us, and he restores us according to his good and gracious will. Yeah, thanks be to God for that consistency that we have uh, and that we're able to share that that consistency and comfort of the gospel with each other during this time, because it, it is a, a difficult time to be living through, um, but we aren't the first ones to have to live through something like this. And we have uh, the the saints who have gone before us. We have their witness of, of how the Lord has brought them through as well. What what would our Lord have us uh, focus on, speak on, uh, think about in the midst of this um, angst and fear that surrounds us because of, of what we are living through? You know, the uh, I, I believe that as we consider uh, our uh, our uh, the words in our uh, Luther small catechism, uh, where uh, we learn in the first commandment that we are to fear, love, and trust God above all things, that I think what this uh, pandemic has reminded us of is is is, is how um, uh, our our whole lives are are ones lived in Christ, and and as they are lived in Christ, uh, we're we're given the uh, chance to recognize that God has not given us a, a spirit of fear, uh, but a spirit of power and love and self-control, that uh, and that His perfect love casts out all fear. I think the fears that we experience as fallen and sinful human beings uh, is quite real. Uh, and, and that is why, thankfully, uh, we have those who proclaim that saving word of the Lord to us, the law and the gospel. As, uh, as that word is proclaimed to us, we're able to hear again and again uh, that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And although those hymns are known to many and, and they might be even uh, enjoyed and, and loved, they become all the more beloved for us as they become our prayer uh, to our Lord, as they become our proclamation to the world uh, that uh, our fears do not have to get the best of us. Our fears have been uh, defeated by Christ Jesus uh, through his suffering on the cross, through his death for us. 
and that uh, as his perfect love casts out that fear, this this time gives us an opportunity to place those fears right at Jesus's feet, to bring that to him, uh, to confess that sometimes our fears are grounded in our faith uh, that is not where it needs to be. It's sometimes our fears are grounded in our own idolatry. Sometimes our fear is grounded in our own heartache. Uh, But isn't it wonderful uh, that we hear in uh, the first letter of John uh, that God is greater than our hearts? how, how uh, so many times fear can consume us so deeply that we turn inside of ourselves, when in reality, our Lord who comes from the outside is reaching in, is, is reaching to us, and, and he is carrying us, and he is delivering us, and, and he is showing us uh, new ways uh, to think about those fears and to see how those fears can be defeated. It's, it's not to say that um, they're not real uh, fears, and it's not to say that the challenges we have are not real. Uh, they're, they're quite real when it's loved ones who are sick and dying. It's quite real when one has to pay uh, the rent or the mortgage and, and, and that money is not readily available. It is quite real when we're not able to gather as the people of God in fashions that we have in the past. It's quite real when our routines are ruined and uh, we're trying to find that baseline again. Uh, And yet, uh, how wonderful it is uh, that our ever-gracious God continues to meet us there and show us how he brings about a brand new day. Uh, If anyone is in Christ, that one is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. And this is a great opportunity to see and to even celebrate how that new comes. We're talking with the Reverend Dr. Dean Ashley Taylor, Redeemer of Evangelical Lutheran Church in the Bronx, New York, and author of Making Disciples for Life. It's the issue, uh, the June-July issue of the Lutheran Witness. Great article starting on page 21. You can check it out there. Hopefully it's in your mailbox by now, and you can check it out. We have more to talk about with Pastor Taylor in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Dean Ashley Taylor, pastor of Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church in the Bronx, New York. His article, Making Disciples for Life, in the June-July issue of The Lutheran Witness. And good stuff. Pastor Taylor, just a little bit ago, you were sharing with us, you were quoting a hymn. And there's something about when, when guests on this program quote a hymn, all I can, I, I can suddenly hear the melody in my head. And then I realize there are probably different melodies, so they might be using a different melody. And then I, then I go off on a tangent wondering if I'm hearing the same melody they're hearing in their head when they're quoting a hymn. But I, I, that also reminds me that what a good gift that is, too, that, that you know, God has given us um, in the church hymns 
like this that that we can carry with us at all times. Um, you know, you were talking about my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That um, to to have that that we can carry with us. We don't even have to have a hymnal. Once it's committed to memory, it's learned by heart. We can carry that with us and uh, that can bring comfort in these times that, that we're talking about when we're facing um, questions and doubts and fears, but we don't have to face, uh, we don't have to 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 live in fear because um, we have the one who who conquered sin, death, and the devil. And and what else do we have left to fear, right? Because we have him. What are what do you see as some of the blessings that have come about in spite of or because of the the pandemic? I think it can be very easy for people to identify some of the challenges people have experienced. I think that the challenges have been acute uh, wherever we are in the world. Uh, and yet uh, the, the, the blessings of our Lord have, have been tremendous as well. Uh, I know in my own uh, congregation, we have had over a dozen people who have died uh, from COVID-19 or, or died with COVID-19. Uh, and uh, the challenges of uh, uh, you know, pastoral care and uh, funerals, etc., have certainly shown us how that has been uh, a challenge uh, for us. We've had many, many, many more uh, who have been on the front lines in, in uh, hospitals and in medical capacities and the like who have provided aid and assistance to others. We've had people who have uh, suffered with the uh, COVID-19 uh, virus and who have recovered, thanks be to God. Uh, and in all of those, uh, we have seen a desire that people have had uh, highlighted uh, for them to learn and to grow in the faith. Uh, in, a, in a very unexpected way, uh, we had decided that uh, as we're not able to gather as we used to for uh, religious education on Sunday morning, that maybe having a Sunday evening uh, Bible study uh, might be something we could try uh, via electronic media. For us, it was Zoom. And what was so fascinating was that the first time we had offered uh, these uh, Zoom Bible studies on Sunday evening and continuing our other uh, regularly scheduled Bible studies in that kind capacity is that we had people who were joining us not only from their homes, but also from the front lines. Uh, the, the, seeing the visual on the screen of a, of a box of a, of a parishioner um, whose name all of us could recognize, but whose face we could not see clearly because of the mask and the headgear and the other uh, personal protective equipment, the PPE that's used in hospitals, as uh, we had parishioners who, were, who would schedule their break time, their, their, their lunch break or their dinner break or the like, around the times when we would offer our Bible studies and have continued to do so and then have brought others from their jobs uh, who are crowding around their electronic device uh, to hear the Word of God and to learn that Word of God. Uh, that has been tremendous. Uh, and, and, and seeing how, how that's offered uh, through so many means uh, as, as we're not only uh, offering those live opportunities, but being able to offer, off, uh, to offer digital resources and to connect to them with the digital resources of our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, through Concordia Publishing House, and through so many others. Um, we've been able to, uh, to help people uh, connect 
um, in those ways and to be empowered in their particular witness. And, and uh, to do so is, is, is powerful because it, it, it really exemplifies the notion of vocation, that, that uh, all of us are, are given different callings in our lives and, uh, as, and as such uh, are given opportunities uh, to witness to Jesus in those, in those multiple callings uh, throughout our lives. And, and uh, that's certainly been a blessing. Now, do I miss gathering you know, hundreds of people together in one place uh, to, to, to have that uh, regular religious education experience, for instance, or you know, to have our regular worship services? Of course we do. But how thankful we can be uh, for the technology that has been provided for us and, and the opportunities and in, inroads as brand new people are able uh, to hear the word of God in emergency rooms, in intensive care units, um, at nurses' stations, uh, in, uh, in in places preparing uh, food, you know, uh, places that are, are responsible for providing uh, food for those workers and the like. It's been so wonderful uh, to see how that word of God has has been going out in a powerful way. That is an incredible story. Uh, how... How have you seen God's faithfulness through all of this, uh, in addition to being able to see so many more people uh, on your on your Bible studies? It, it has been so exciting uh, to hear the, the stories and testimonies of parishioners uh, who have shared how they have been hearing the Word of God and how, how that Word of God has been challenging them in their own lives, how it has, has been calling us out of our own uh, uh, previous routines, and how, um, as, as sometimes people say, I can't wait till things get back to normal, and how we recognize that, you know, the normal uh, was not all that good for a lot of us in a lot of ways and and that maybe it's not about getting things back to the quote normal but 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 recognizing that our lord is offering us a brand new approach a brand new way uh, to see and appreciate uh, his holy word it's been so exciting also uh, for the young people in our congregation uh, who have been doing so much of their uh, formal academic and educational work from their computers uh, to be able to spend time and make the time uh, to join by computer with our church youth groups and with our confirmation uh, education uh, opportunities and the like, and uh, to see how that's happened in their multiple contexts. Uh, to see, for instance, uh, one young uh, one young person uh, carrying her electronic device, and and she found a little corner in her house, and she was there with that little electronic device in front of her, and we could see her 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 legs kicking in the background, and how she was just hooked on on this this evening devotion. And 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 how uh, you know in, in praying the Apostles' Creed and the Lord's Prayer and Luther's uh, evening blessing, for instance, how she was just so glued to that page, uh, seeing seeing the young people in confirmation class, you know, folding their hands and bowing their heads as teenagers in front of a screen. I mean, and and you think about the imaginative shift that's involved when when you're not in person, but to see that that piety and spirituality is is so alive is only demonstrative of our Lord's extravagant grace and his faithfulness to us. He has not left us. He has not abandoned us. Uh, and, 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 and he is continuing to help us and guide us and is inspiring people in, in, in their own lives, um, uh, as we say it at Redeemer, to receive, teach, celebrate, and share Christ Jesus. Wow. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, so much to unpack there. I, talking about the 
the idea that um, we want things to go back to normal. I understand when someone says, I can't wait till things go back to normal. I understand because so many things have changed and we want something that's familiar, that's comfortable, that's familiar. But I, I'm with you. I think there are so many things uh, about how we were living before that that I'm okay with letting those go. The the things that that we're consuming our time and uh, this has given us opportunity to really appreciate when we can gather together as the saints to receive God's good gifts, to hear His word together. Uh, I think it's it's made us appreciate that time that we have together as the body of Christ. Uh, when we can actually gather together in His name to to receive those gifts, and uh, and and maybe it's helped us evaluate uh, some of the things that that we're taking up our time that perhaps weren't as important. So I I hear what you're saying, and I I appreciate that. What a and I've I've wrestled with that too about wanting what was normal, perhaps because it was comfortable, but uh, recognizing that it, maybe it's best if things don't go back to quote normal as they were before. Sure. I, I think that part of that can even include a, a, a renewed uh, understanding of family and, and understanding how families uh, have devotions together and how families are in worship together. I think with sometimes the, the, the varied schedules of family members uh, can cause so many families to, to, to barely even have one meal together a week, that much a day. Uh, and yet with the pandemic, uh, this current uh, coronavirus, uh, novel coronavirus pandemic has, has, has caused people to stay in one place and, and uh, to be together in one place and, and how that's offered uh, people a renewed appreciation uh, for meeting together as family and for growing together as family and exploring uh, the end times as family and, and, and appreciating the promise of the new creation as family and, and seeing how that brings revival and reformation in their families uh, and, and an appreciation for the time that we uh, can gather together uh, as other members of the body of Christ. Uh, you know, it's it's been wonderful to see how uh, so many of our members who had never ever been on Zoom before, who had barely been able to use a, 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 a who, who thought a tablet was only a pill you swallowed for your health, <laughs> but, but but to help them understand that they can use this tablet and to see so many of our 70, 80, and 90 year olds who are now Zoom experts who know how to jump on and and get with it and learn and grow, uh, how how meetings have been able to be conducted, how how service projects have continued. We've been making masks uh, to help people, for instance, who are, who are working in different uh, formats and, and, and providing materials for people to, to exercise, for instance, at home and, and, and to connect people with, with assistance in mental illness issues and to even navigate the, the very many and challenging justice issues, which have certainly been highlighted uh, most recently in our own nation, uh, but, but, but to do so in responsible manners and, and, and to do so in ways that can encourage the body of Christ and offer our witness with gentleness and respect, as, as uh, the Holy Apostle Peter reminds us. And in doing all of those things shows us that as the Lord sees fit, only according to his good and gracious will uh, for us to be able to gather in ways that we previously had, that we can treasure and cherish those times and treasure and cherish each other and cherish uh, that good touch with tough challenges uh, and, to, and to be able to stay in touch with each other and to check up on each other uh, can be so amazingly rich and so beneficial, especially as it affords others who are not believers in Jesus to ask us 
for the reason, for the hope that is within us, and to ask us, how is it that we are different? How are we answering those questions? How are we dealing with those challenges? And to be able to offer them uh, the, uh, the uh, good news of Jesus Christ in a, in a manner, in a way that is able to take into account all of the variables of the world, uh, and to do so in a way that directs us right to the cross of Jesus, right to his resurrection, right to his ascension and his return in glory uh, through the means of grace, uh, we can experience it. How awesome that is. How great is his faithfulness. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Making Disciples for Life. It's in the June-July issue of The Lutheran Witness. The Reverend Dr. Dean Ashley Taylor, Pastor Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church in the Bronx, New York. Pastor Taylor, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. The Lord's blessings to you all. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.